Do you owe the IRS and you're broke? Well, that might not be such a terrible thing. Find out on this episode of Tax Problem Solved how you can take advantage of the IRS when you are broke. I'm Deltrice Hart Anderson, keeping the IRS out of the pocketbooks, wallets, and bank accounts of taxpayers. So when you are broke and you owe the IRS, that might be the best thing for you. Here's why. Because if you have significant income or significant assets, the IRS is going to do everything in their power to squeeze every last dime out of you unless you get help, right? But if you don't have much in assets or income, they can determine pretty quickly that you won't be able to give them anything. After all, my grandma always used to say, you cannot squeeze blood from a turnip. Now, that saying, you have to be old enough. So if if you're not old enough, if you don't know what that saying means, please go ask an older person. Anyone over 35 should know what that means. Okay, I digress. So here's the thing. If you can demonstrate to the IRS that you don't have significant assets, what do assets look like? I'm not talking about a regular car. Like if you have um, some antique car that costs 50000 or more, if you have a home that you may have some equity in, if you have an art collection, because yes, that's possible, you may have an art collection that might be worth something. Those are assets that the IRS would consider significant, okay? But if you don't have those significant assets, And if your income is below a certain level, and there is, I've talked about before, this certain level that the IRS allows, it's called the allowable living expenses. If your income is below those expenses, then you could be placed in what's called uncollectible status. Now, there are... um, People that call it different things. Some people just call it CNC. Some people call it uncollectible, not collectible, non-collectible. But just know that the IRS will not be able to collect on the amount of money that you owe. Now, a lot of people may say, oh, yes, my income is low. I can barely pay my bills. All right. That may be true or you may feel it's true, but you can't just go telling the IRS, hey, I'm broke. You got to prove it. And in order to prove you are broke and in order to get into this uncollectible status, you will have to provide financial information to the IRS. Can't just tell them everything is about proof. The proof is in the pudding, right? So If you have a low amount of tax debt, you can pretty much do everything over the phone, providing that you can get the IRS on the phone, okay? And they will be able to accept the amount of income and expenses that you tell them, right? If there is one thing off, anything, then you will have to do a standard proof where you will have to submit different types of proof, okay? 
Now, I suggest that you do not do this alone because any wrong move, any false move, the IRS is going to say, nope, we can't take this information over the phone. You have to send us the information. Okay. That's for people that have smaller amounts of tax debt. If you have large amounts of tax debt, guess what? You must submit everything anyway. So don't try to call over the phone and get this done because the IRS is not going to allow you to just give a verbal statement about your income and expenses. Keep in mind, the IRS has a little sense of how much your income is already based off of your prior year history, your prior year's history, okay? But if your situation has changed, then that's a whole different story. Now you have to go in to prove that your situation has changed, prove that your income has changed. And if your income is the same, but you have more expenses, more allowable expenses, then you have to prove that as well. So pretty much if you have a larger tax debt, then you're going to need some information that you will have to submit to the IRS. Okay. Now it has to be in good form. And this form is going to ask a whole lot of personal questions, okay, about your finances. They want to know how much you pay for the cat, the dog, the, the bathroom sink, everything, okay? What does this look like? Your income from all sources. You may have a W-2, you may have a side hustle, you might have interest, you might have cryptocurrency. That's a big thing now. Okay. Any income sources that you have, you will have to prove those income sources. The IRS may ask for bank accounts, credit card statements, investment statements. If you have a mortgage, they're going to ask for the mortgage. They're going to ask if you rent, you're going to have to show proof of the rent. Now you cannot say, or just say, oh, yeah, I rent from my mama or I rent from my daddy. You have to show if that is the case, you have to prove that rent and how you pay that rent. There are ways that you have to do this in order for the IRS to take you seriously and for them to consider what you're submitting to them as legitimate proof. If you have a vehicle, okay, that could be a car, a truck, a boat, an RV, an ATV, any type of vehicle that you own and you have you have a bill for it. If a loan is out on your vehicle, you have to prove that, submit that to the IRS. Any other valuables, artwork, collectibles like vehicles, okay, any jewelry that's expensive, those things, remember their assets, you're going to have to tell the IRS about those things, as well as your monthly living expenses. What does that look like? Your food, your utilities, any medical care, child care, things like that. 
Okay. Now you may be able to get away with not having to report all of this information if it is packaged properly. Again, I urge you to seek professional help, licensed, experienced, professional help, someone that has the license to assist you, someone that has the experience to assist you. I preach and preach and preach that the only people that are able to assist, there are only three people in this world, enrolled agents, attorneys, and CPAs. But there again, don't just go seeking any old enrolled agent, any old attorney, any old CPA. They have to be experienced in this type of work. Okay, so make sure and get that type of person. Now, with all of this proving that you have bills and you have a little income, The IRS is still going to ask you if you have a line of credit or if you have a credit card that you can pay off these debts first. Okay. They may also ask you, do you have cash to refinance your home? Okay. If you, if it shows that you may have a little bit of equity available, they might even ask you, Can you sell off your RV or your motorcycle? Okay. Tell them, no, you cannot. You don't want to do that. Okay. Now, and there again, if you don't have any of those things, then the IRS will look at just your regular income and compare it to those allowable expenses. And if your income is below a certain threshold, then you have beat the IRS. Congratulations. You get placed into that uncollectible status. Now you may ask, okay, Deltrice, I am in this uncollectible status. Now what? Well, here goes. Once your tax debts are placed into this uncollectible status, you will not have to worry about the IRS doing nasty things to you. Things like wage garnishments or bank levies, okay? These collection actions will stop. However, you still owe the money. Interest and penalties will still continue to accrue on those balances for the years that you are in uncollectible status. You will still receive an annual bill from the IRS saying, hey, I I know that you're in uncollectible status, but you still owe us this money. No big deal. The IRS is required by law to send you a reminder from time to time about what you owe. But the important thing you want to know about being in the status It is technically a temporary resolution that could turn into a permanent resolution. So the IRS theoretically is required to look at your account on an annual basis to determine whether or not your financial situation has changed. But the reality is 
the IRS is short staffed. So these reviews don't actually happen as much as they are supposed to. So the IRS pretty much relies on a computerized system for as long as your income hasn't spiked, then you don't have anything to worry about. Okay. So for example, if you happen to get a really large raise at work, or if you change jobs and your income increases, increases significantly in pay, or if you're self-employed and you just have a bomb year, bomb means good, by the way, or great. Um, that word I picked up from my niece. <laughs> okay. So if you have a great year in business, if, if you are self-employed, then the IRS computers will pick up on that, flag your account. And the assumption is going to be, oh, this taxpayer is making more money. So they probably have more money or they now have money to pay us. This still may not be the case. So even if you are kicked out of that uncollectible status, which you will be if your income spikes, that doesn't mean that you cannot be placed back into uncollectible status. So now the question always comes up, okay, Deltries, I'm in the uncollectible status and I've been here years and years and years, but you're telling me that it is a temporary resolution that can be permanent. How does that happen? Well, there's a very interesting aspect of being placed into this uncollectible status. Once you're there, your tax bills will eventually expire, okay? So every year, every tax bill that you have has an expiration date. What does that mean? There is a certain amount of time, which is typically 10 years, that the IRS has to collect on any tax debt. So that means at the end of 10 years, your tax debt disappears, goes away, vamoose, whatever you want to call it, it's gone. Okay. Now, be very, very careful about that 10 year time frame because there are a slew of things that can extend this period of time. Okay, now being in uncollectible status does not extend the time, but there are so many other factors that could extend this 10 year time frame. So that's why I say get with a licensed, experienced professional that could just walk you through this process if you owe tax debt, because it is most important to know when your 10-year period is up, okay? Let someone pull your IRS records, calculate those deadlines for you, calculate those statutes of limitations per tax year.
So guys, that's all I have for you today. I hope there was something that I said that will help you with your tax bill. See how broke is not necessarily a bad thing, especially if you're dealing with the IRS. If you take nothing else from what I say today, guys, please, please, please seek out licensed, experienced, professional help when dealing with the IRS. You will make it so much easier for you if you spend a little bit of money and a little bit of time with a professional that's licensed and experienced, you will save yourself thousands, sometimes tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on your situation. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Tax Problem Solved. I'm Deltrice Hart Anderson, keeping the IRS out of the pocketbooks, wallets, and bank accounts of taxpayers. Till next time, bye y'all.